Hallo, Chris. Hallo. Uh, this is Peugeot. Um, I'm afraid, Chris, we, we, we have some bad news. It seems that you might be stripped of your victory in the Rally of Scotland. I won the Rally of Scotland? I don't remember hearing about that. Yes, uh, you won it, but uh, you might now have this victory taken away. I have the papers here. The headlines say Chris Meek may be stripped of title. Who's Chris Meek? That's you. You are Chris Meek. No, I'm sorry. I've never heard of me. Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed with a very overhung Richard Porter. Overhung. Overhung. Is that a proper word? <laughs> no, I think you mean hung over. Over, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You might want to be a little bit careful. Yeah, I did that. There yeah, all kinds of ways sound. you get that slightly wrong. No. Yeah, and a slightly bruised and battered and weary Zog and me for reasons which I'll explain at the end of this programme, but, okay. but not at the moment. Because first, we've got to talk about some of the cataclysmic and major events which have happened in motor racing, principally Formula One, in the last week. Can I start with Jensen Button going to McLaren? Yes. Good thing or bad thing? That's the question. I think it's a bad thing. What do you two think? Yeah, I think it's a bad thing. I find it a little bit hard to understand why he's done it because I don't believe he's going to be quicker than Lewis. He's going to be going up against you know an awfully tough driver who's settled into that team and a team that's used to working around Lewis. He's got an awfully tough time. And the way he sort of left Braun slash Mercedes, there's something really sort of clumsy about it. It's almost left a slightly sort of funny taste in the mouth which sort of reminds you of his slightly clumsy team moves in the you know yeah, uh, yeah. the past few years which, um, which I thought he'd put behind him but there I was something sort of really clunky about it so, do you not yeah. think it's sort of slightly easier if you're looking at it from that point of view and saying that maybe he's turned his back on the team that gave him his world championship but because they're set to not be that team anymore mm-hmm. it's not just Mercedes have bought Braun which we're, we're going to talk about in a minute aren't we but yeah. I sort of feel well it was a good time to go but the real problem is yeah that I think Hamilton will make him look less of a world champion, well, he's a world champion, that's a, a fact, but do you know what I mean? It'll make yeah. less of a sort of top flight driver because I think, as we saw last season, you know, I always remember that bit when the Braun was playing up a bit and wasn't as good as it had been at the beginning of the season, and you heard that pit radio bit with Button going, Guys, what's going on? Why yeah. is this car so bad? And you just thought, Oh, God's sake, what kind of team spirit is that? And yeah. it's just that's something that Hamilton would never Ooh. do because he is, I think, much more of a team player and yeah. much better under pressure. Hamilton mm. has been programmed by the McLaren machine yeah. and therefore functions beautifully as an integrated part of that machine. I think Jensen is far too much of a free spirit. He's a bit of the, the he's been described as the Playboy world champion. Mm. And I think that's still reasonably Unfair. fair. Mm. Well, no. I, 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 I don't think it is fair. I mean, he's just—he's just, he's just a bit more rock and roll, Hull, really. Isn't he? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's the nearest thing we're going to get to James Hunt in Formula One, mm. don't you think? Can we write it? Yeah, oh, good Kimi point. In fact, Kimmy so, calls yeah. himself James on he when he does checks into hotels. Stuff as well, That's right. He? Yeah. he entered that whole race because they told him he couldn't, so he yeah. did anyway. Yeah, as, as James, James Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. yeah. No, continue. So I think Jensen has made a poor move for him. I think it may work for McLaren. I think that the tension between the two drivers, the competitive nature between the two, will cause. Lewis to up his game even further and take the assault to not only Ferrari but Red Bull next year and I think it'll be good for McLaren but not so good for Jensen which is a shame the flip side of this having said that I don't think it's a good thing for him to do it I'm really excited that the two of them are going to be together at McLaren Mm. fighting it out I think it's it's a great prospect to have two British drivers 
driving for McLaren. I think it is really brave of Jensen to step into that situation. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean he's I, not but then he's a racing driver. We all have met racing drivers, and the one thing is, do you ever get, particularly sort of, I mean, not Formula One drivers, but more minor league ones, but you'll mention someone who is in Formula One. And so you'll oh, I raced say, against him. I yeah, beat him in yeah, Formula yeah, it's always, yeah. always. You know what I mean? It's always you'll, you'll go, oh yeah, well, Jensen's doing pretty well. They go, yeah, I raced against him in Japan once. Wipe the floor with him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there is that racing driver ego. Yeah. So I would be surprised if Jensen, maybe in his private darkest moments, but but in general, whether when they went, well, do you want to go to McLaren? You know, be alongside. Lewis Hamilton he went oh no Lewis Hamilton's really good he's better than me I better not go there I don't think that will ever he would have thought yes now is my chance to show everyone that actually I am Britain's best racing driver and not him and that's that would be I would imagine his thought process I'm sure you're right but I think it is great for us as fans of the sport yeah. that he is stepping up to the challenge and going oh, and no, doing that. Oh no, I can't wait, I really can't wait. Some... Can I just say something though, it's really funny, there's two British drivers there, but you know when Mercedes, they were talking about who, you know, they've, they've now signed uh, Rosberg, and there's sort of speculation about who they'll sign. And what uh, speculation? The, well, yeah, Ooh. some good speculation, but what, what it seems to boil down to is that almost certainly the second driver will also be German. So there'll be a whole, you know, there'll be a German team owned by a German company and two German drivers, and mm. there seems to be this sort of hubris about it, oh my God, all Germans, it'll be like 1939 all over again. <laughs> They'll probably just go and invade Poland or something. It's like, well, for God's sake. But McLaren's a British team and they've signed definitely two British drivers. Yeah, like, definitely. No definitely. It doesn't mean we're going to go and colonise yeah, exactly. the rest of the world. It doesn't go, oh my God, red. they'll be going to every race in a, in a piston engine bomber aircraft. Yeah. Oh God, they'll be wearing Union Jack shorts and shouting oi oi in the pit lane and yeah. drinking lager. Oh no. Oh, they'll go to the French Grand Prix on a flotilla of small boats. It just... It's not going to happen. I don't know why there's been this fuss about yeah, we've it. Grown up, yeah, no, we'll there, up. there was a flurry of uh, tweets. Do you have a flurry of tweets? Oh, something like that, yeah. yeah. A flock of tweets. A flock perhaps. of tweets. <laughs> uh, 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 regarding how Formula One is now emulating the perhaps late lamented, well, the perhaps late, A1GP, mm-hmm. in that you've now got a German team, you've got a British team, Force India. Does that mean they're going to sign Narayne Karthikeyan and Karen Shanduk? Well, that's been blown out of the water because they just retained Suttil and Liotzi for next year, mm. which, which mm. is a shame because I, actually it would have been a real kick in the teeth for A1 if F1 had gone down that national route. <laughs> well, really, accidentally sort yeah. of become. Oh, <laughs> Get Prost back. Olivia someone. Let's just talk about Mercedes. A Acquiring Braun, it's kind of been mooted for a little while, but now that it's happened, I'm in a little bit of shock because I want to know where this is going to leave McLaren. Now, one thought is that it's happened to McLaren's favour because Mm. McLaren are seeing themselves increasingly as a manufacturer of high-end road cars and that was impinging on Mercedes IP if you like and now that they're separating or divorcing from Mercedes McLaren are freer to come up with the cars that they want and this is what Ron always wanted well yeah but there's also they have secured the engine supply from Mercedes till 2015 haven't they yeah. is that right yeah so yeah certain to a minimum to 2012 yeah so yeah. there's obviously a relationship there it's not a complete bust up or anything and yeah I, I don't think McLaren see themselves as a road car manufacturer at the of Formula One. I think they just want to diversify. You know, they have other companies as well. I mean, they have this catering company. No! Yeah, they have a catering company. They do all the catering for their races, but also you can ring them up and go, hi, could you come and cater my wedding, funeral, bar mitzvah, whatever. And then um, rethink it when they tell you how much it'll yeah, cost. Yeah, exactly, because it'd be quite expensive. All the plates are carbon fibre and things. Yeah. But Lewis Hamilton helps out behind the bar if he's free. Has Hessen so, has, has Blumenthal <laughs> Warning, I may be making that up. Molecular gastronomy <laughs> at the, yeah. on the side. <laughs> they are. That's the way that Ron Dennis would do food, isn't it? The Heston Blumenthal, very, very sort of 
molecular level. L- a lot of liquid nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of very high tech equipment. Basically, we want all the food to be essentially grey with a bit of red in the middle. I, do you like know a- I went to interview Ron Dennis? I, have to, I don't know that I've talked about this on the programme, but I went to talk to him about that new road car project for Evo. Hmm. And I, I have I talked about this? But I said no. there's something hmm. about him in real life. He has an incredible charisma that you never get a sense of on the TV. And I know some people might be going, Ron Dennis, charisma, ha 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 ha. But because he does come across as quite a sort of well, let's be honest. A little bit boring. Mm. A, bit, a bit too mm. sort of. But in real That's life, the there is a, there's a sort of there's a twinkle in his eye, and he's he's a very engaging bloke. But you do not get a sense of that on the television, or even when I was listening back to my recorder after I'd interviewed him. Now you don't get it on tape. I was like, oh god, he's going on a bit. And he says odd things like, at one point, instead of saying, you know, there's a bunch of people here who aren't getting the credit they deserve for working on this car, he said, there's a quantity of people within this organisation. <laughs> a quantity of people. What does that? Wrong And yet he is absolutely engaging. And I was talking to a friend of mine. He's another car hack who went to interview Ron earlier last week and he dropped me a line and just said you know how is he in the interview is he, is, he, is he a good talker and all the rest of it and I said see if you find the same thing and sure enough he did There's this, he has this great magnetic sort of aura about him that sounds really no, but, but, that, but it's true it's just something about him you can see why he's been so successful he's obviously quite a people person and I've read this about Ron that he really really does command respect and, and a great deal of affection from the people around him and you've always thought but he seems so cold and distant and yet actually in real life there is something about him that is very very well, charismatic the weird. thing is you know that public perception of him as a bit of a robot aside mm. you can't lead an organisation of that scale to that level of success over that period of time without having some charisma and some ability to bring people with you yeah. hmm. so it doesn't surprise me I've only met him twice in two or three consecutive days something like that yeah. if that's possible two in three days back in uh, oof, 19 <laughs> when uh, Mercedes and uh, well in, more important West came on board as a sponsor of the McLaren Mercedes team and there was a massive launch at Alexandra Palace mm. and the Spice Girls turned up to have their photo taken and Davina McCall did the whole ridiculous shouty thing on stage <laughs> that she does what a team there you go that's the answer Davina McCall should be the new replacement for uh, Ledyard on BBC's <laughs> coverage we'd love her doing it oh ah oh well ah. exactly I was going to say because instead of uh, uh, the lights go out and they're off she'd be like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> she used to do F1 stuff, didn't she? When she really? worked on MTV, she does like motorsport. Yeah, yes, yeah, well, she, she famously too. really liked a particular driver. Thank you. We can't talk about that. Can no, we, we can't. No. <laughs> I, I, I was going to have a pitch for Mariella Frostrup as, as a commentator, just just for Ooh, the voice. Mariella Frostrup with uh, with Lumley as the pit lane reporter. <gasps> oh, imagine her honey And if and if Claire Grogan could oh! give it a bit of colour on the side, I think we'd be all, we'd all be made up. <laughs> You've said Claire Grogan. Now oh. I've had an accident. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Ron Dennis. In the dealings I had with him. I spent a couple of days at the um, McLaren before they moved to the new technical centre, the mm. old McLaren base in Woking. And he was really friendly in a, an authoritative way. Do you know, he, he told us what we could and what we couldn't do, and I didn't feel that we'd been restricted in the way that you're often restricted when you're filming for the Disney Corporation, for instance, mm. at the, the Disney location, mm. or even NASA when I filmed at places there. I felt that his, he was just... He was a cool guy yeah. and surprisingly dull. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, I yes. think he's a tall bloke. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's. Short I don't know. body, long legs, actually. Is he, yeah. I, he's probably not, I'm about 6'3. I don't think he's. He's probably about. He's over six foot. Yeah, I'd say he's 6'2, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is. He's a tall guy, and that's the thing. Also, that makes him quite an imposing presence. But he does. He has this. 
this charisma about him, which you don't get on TV at all. Mm. It's bizarre. I think, even though Whitmarsh is in control of McLaren now, I just get the feeling there's Ron's just going to fade back into view a little bit more. Of it's this his. Next it's season. his thing, and he is very much at pains to say, you know, I'm, I've stepped back from the F1 because I want to concentrate on this road car thing. He also wants to make sure that the quantity of people who are doing the road car get their credit. But you know, it's his thing. It's it's his factory. You go there, and that's the thing. He's very welcoming, and it is. But it's his gaff. You know, when he, the last thing he said to us as he was leaving. He looked, the photographer had left a load of kit on these leather chairs in the back of this room because we're taking photos of the car itself. And as Ron was leaving, he was like, oh, yeah, no, firm handshake, off he went. And he went, look after my furniture. And he, as he left, and it's like, you know, what kind of boss, CEO, is Mm. worrying about things on such a micro level like that and Mm. wants everything to be pristine? Interesting guy. I don't want this to sound like a, a eulogy to Ron Dennis, but he is the man who changed Formula One. He's the man who got rid of the greasy rag from the Formula One garage mm. and put down the tiles on the floor. Mm. He's made Formula One that clinical exercise that it's become today. And like it or loathe it, he's changed F1 forever. Uh, so, Ron, can we just go back to exactly why it is that you decided that now, of all times, was the right time for McLaren to make another road car? Well, approximately three years ago, myself and a quantity of people here at McLaren discussed how we could expand the business, and that discussion led us to conclude... Excuse me a moment. Hello? Yes, how can I help you? Sure, one BLT on rye, one tuna and sweet corn baguette, and one roast beef and horseradish on whole meal. Would you like any beverages with that? Okay, it'll be about 20 minutes. Uh, excuse me, uh, I just got to pop out for a minute. Sniff petrol. Perhaps one of the more significant functions of this uh, merry-go-round of drivers that's happened over the last couple of weeks is that Kimi Raikkonen has not yet and doesn't look like he's going to find a berth in Formula 1 for the 2010 season. And it's likely, it's not confirmed at the moment we're recording this show, that he's going to end up driving for Citroen in the WRC. Mm. I published a tweet this week which said... F1's loss is WRC's gain. I think rallying may have just got this old fan back after a good few years. I would watch the WRC now that Kimmy's in, in a way that I haven't watched it for a good few years. Yeah. He's not going to win races, but it's just going to be great seeing how he does, if well, he does happen. I'd watch it just for them interviewing him in the... Um not a paddock in rallying, is it? They have a the, the, what are they uh, service area. Service yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. It's always yeah. a car park, isn't it? And they just yeah. set up a load of tents. That's what I quite like about rallying. It's it is yeah. it's the antithesis of F one in many ways because it is a bit more sort of visceral. It, spit and it, it feels a bit more like the kind of motorsport you could sort of go and do yourself. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if you. But yeah, Kimmy and that. It'd be great. Well, he's, he's obviously got a passion for it, you know. Yes. He's obviously somebody who give him a fast thing, and he wants to make it go faster yeah. and win and it. Let's be honest, the Finns are always a bit tasty when it comes to rallying. Oh yeah, more so than F one. And there's very good reason for that. Very good reason for that. These are all the ice. Yeah, yeah. These are people who have to drive in uh, limited grip scenarios from the minute that they learn to drive, so they have an innate experience on in how to handle there's the likes of There's a element of the Finnish driving test, I believe, or the Finnish, really? Finnish driving instruction, certainly. When you learn to drive there, you, you have to do a certain amount of time on a skid pad. I'd love to see Kimmy. I didn't know that. The, the, you know, the question is, would Kimmy's 
Pace notes have to be delivered in Kimmy ease so he would understand it. So instead of, you know, 30 wrong, ah, slow down, 40 wrong, it, it's going to be Kimmy. <laughs> and you'll understand that. It's like Morse code to finish people, isn't it? <laughs> now, Kimmy's great. It's a shame he's not in F1, though, or looks likely he won't be, just because actually there was something mesmerising about him because he mm. was the only, he's so uncorporate mm. and so clearly just didn't really care that much and of course his well, yeah, famous and, and line about uh, on the grid interview with uh, Brundle <laughs> yes yeah. about yeah. Having did to you go see and Michael's use... farewell ceremony no I was having a it's, just... <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful, and and and, and, you're, and you're sorry about 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 him being you know so uncorporate. I think one of the things that prevented the McLaren That's thing right. happening yeah. was that you know he he basically didn't want to do enough sponsor things. Yeah, good for him. You know, he'd some... already been there and done that McLaren exactly, thing. And he probably yeah. just thought, oh, it's a bit tedious. If I go back there, they'll make me wear shiny shoes and things. And uh, talking of corporate style, the biggest European motor corporation, Volkswagen, yes, VAG. Are mooted to be considering an engine supply for Formula One in 2012. Mm, heard this, yeah. I think this is great news. It's still slightly surprising because for years Audi have said, "No, no, no, we are happy with what we're doing in, in Le Mans. We're not yeah. interested in coming to Formula One." But Absolutely. no one has said, "Oh yeah, but our big brothers Volkswagen can come in." You know? Well, this is—I don't understand this for a number of reasons. First of all, why VW? What what would VW get out of it? They have no particular. History in motorsport at that level. Now that doesn't it's mean not they a can't sporting go brand, there, but what, just, yeah. yeah, it's not a particularly sporting make. They have other sporting brands within their portfolio. Not least now Porsche. Mm-hmm. But Why not Porsche? Yeah, mm. but, but but if you're going to go and do motorsport under the VW brand rather than the Porsche brand, as you say, wouldn't it make more sense to be doing uh, touring cars or to be doing yeah. rallying where you could actually have a much more direct connection between the technology that people are seeing going fast yeah. in the event and stuff they can actually go out and buy. If they're supplying V8 engines to F1, where's the benefit for VW road cars? Where's the technology? I don't, I don't think people can see that. You know, transfer. motor manufacturers always naively believe there's a marketing benefit from doing F1. I think I always believe it's a load of old rubbish and that Toyota didn't sell a single extra Yaris for all their time in Formula One. VW, at the moment, I mean, they have this ambition. They really would like to be the world's biggest car maker. And one of the ways they will do that is by getting bigger in the US for a start, because it's a big market. They've got two things they're going to do there. They're going to launch a full-size pickup truck. It's going to be called the, well, the, the code name for it is the Robust, which is an odd name. They're also going to, the, the next Jetta in the US will be a US-specific model, oh. uh, which will be based on Golf Mark IV bits, because that will oh. make it cheaper to build. It's always done well in America, and they, the Yeah, and they'll build it over It's a ladies' there. car. Yeah, and well, it's the thing, but they wanted to, I think they're going to, they're doing essentially what the Japanese have done to great effect for a number of years, which is that you, you tailor your cars for specific countries or markets and the US would like a Jetta that's bigger than we would want over here so mm. they're now going to give that to them simpler so therefore cheaper and that's coming out quite soon but that's so they've got this very sort of clever strategy for trying to get bigger in the US they also need to get bigger in developing markets they've got certain bits of South America I think fairly sewn up but they need to expand into the Far East and places like that mm. is Formula One going to help them do that yes well, as long as they're allowed to run air-cooled flat fours in <laughs> Formula One <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Dr. Schneider, as head of Volkswagen's motorsport operation, you must accept there were mistakes made during your first season in F1. The air-cooled flat four really didn't deliver the performance your customer teams were looking for. So, how are you going to correct these problems for 2013? Well, yeah, there were problems for sure, but for next season we will have a radical plan to ensure that these mistakes are not repeated. First of all, our next engine will be water-cooled and will be of an inline configuration and will be mounted at the front of the car. Mounted at the front of the car? Are you sure about this? I, I, surely this, this simply won't work. And for one thing, what on earth will the car look like? Don't worry, we, we have a plan for that. You don't happen to have a number for Jaro, do you? Gareth Jones. Oh, Not all the seats in Formula One are sorted out just yet. There are still one or two gaps. One of the gaps is that the... Campos Meta Team and by the way do you remember we've had this conversation about the new Spanish Campos Meta Team we like the idea of a Meta Team which was you know more than a team you know do you know why it's called Campos Meta Team do you know why Uh, no because they've got a PR agency called Meta as one of their major partners so they're going to do the PR for it that's why Um. so and as a real sponsor or PR coup they've got lovely Bruno Senna in Formula 1 who I think is a great driver and a very nice lad as we know We've interviewed Absolutely. him on this show. How do you think he'll do in Campos in Formula One next year? Well, I, I mean, Campos are probably going to give him a better chance to show what he can do than the other new teams. Probably, you know, who knows until we actually get to see mm. the first few races of the season. But it seems like there's a good chance that Campos are going to be probably the quickest of the new teams, the best of the new do you teams. Think? Well, I think it's well, a good it'll be chance. quicker than Lotus, USF one, yeah. USF one, yeah. well, not Lotus, that are yeah, not Lotus, pretend Lotus, yeah. sort of Lotus. Let's call yeah. let's call Lotus-ish. them Air Asia. <laughs> okay. Lutasi, <laughs> Lutasi, yes. You think they could be the best of the three teams, four teams? Oh, four, four teams. Yeah. Is it going to be Sauber? Well, that's something else we we haven't talked about yet. Well, yeah, but yes, Sauber, Sauber have is bought themselves back off BMW. Pending <laughs> getting a slot on the grid next yes, year. Yes, which and yeah, well, this was this this story that you were just telling us about earlier because it's it's not just as simple as uh, FIA saying you know yes or no to BMW having their slot back if you like. It's yeah. well, well, it, you, it's pending clarification of a couple of things. First of all, this Toyota position, Toyota could theoretically have legal action against them for pulling out of Formula 1 with, I read somewhere, the possibility of a $300 million fine for pulling out of Formula 1. Now, who would ever think that Bernie would write enormous penalty clauses into Concord? <laughs> that couldn't be right, mm. could it? Sure. It, no. it? It's all to do with the Concord yeah. Agreement, which they had signed. Mm. Oh yeah, well yeah. yeah sure. So as a way out of this, it is rumoured that a Serbian Formula 1 team called Stefan GP... Stefan. Sounds a bit scary already. Yeah. That they will acquire Toyota's slot, and in order to deliver a car in time for the season, they will use Toyota's projected design for the next season. Where has the Serbian team suddenly come from? Where is this? Because I, 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 I mean, I maybe. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I asked for that. It was an yeah, open no, fair, goal. Yes, yes but you're right. Where, where, but, in, in a broader sense, where have they come yeah, from? Yeah, maybe, I, maybe I missed it in all the sort of in in, in that round of teams applying for places in next year's championship and the FIA. Well, they the, were one of the teams who were turned down, I believe, along with ProDrive, which oh, I think is a course, ridiculous yeah. thing. And there was some other team who applied. Uh, oh, Lola, of course. Mm. Who didn't get a slot? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and technology was yeah. behind another bid. And but 
Yeah. You know, if I was going to, uh, I, I'd have put money on Lola or ProDrive getting the slot, and the fact that they didn't, I, I still don't understand. But it's all a bit cloak and dagger. It's all a bit cool pro- espionage at this point, and it mm. adds to the the backstory, the soap, uh, which I love of Formula One. But it's a big corporate entity now. Um, so Sauber could be back. But last of all, before we wrap this show, because I know we've talked a lot here, do you think Michael Schumacher will come back and race for Mercedes? In a word, no. I thought about a week ago that... I was going to say that as well. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but a week ago, I thought, actually, you know, this could really happen. It Mm. seemed, you know, it seemed plausible. I could believe that he, you know, wants to get back in a car and race if he has the right opportunity. But on the one hand, this neck injury may well still be a bit of a big issue. Yeah. But they would have announced something by now if it was going to happen. Yeah. What's also set the. It's not not happening. The rumour mill going was that I I gather he's officially. He's not contracted to the race team anymore. He's only got a contract. The road car thing. Yeah, he's backed out of the Ferrari race team consultancy deal or whatever that was so that I suppose fueled some rumours but I mean what he's 41 he has a lot of world championships already he can sit in his massive house in Switzerland and just go do you know what I was arguably the greatest racing driver of the late 20th early 21st century why put myself through all that aggro and my poor neck through all that aggro when it might not work out that well who knows but he did win the race of champions this year with Vettel for Mm -hmm. Germany Mm -hmm. Uh, he did win Today, on the day we're recording this show in Brazil with Massa at Massa's charity karting event. I hate it when you have a charity karting event and Michael B- Schumacher turns up and wins everything. <laughs> I think everybody's ah, such a does. show off. It's outrageous. <laughs> so there's still that hunger there. I, and, I wouldn't rule it, it out. And it would involve working with Ross Braun again. And th- th- that was another bit of the puzzle that just made me think, mm, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he just fancies, you know, another season working with Ross. Don't know. Probably not. Mm. If Shumi comes back and truly goes to NASCAR, I'm going to change my name to Florence Nightingale. Hmm. Watch this space. <laughs> You've Let's been listening. Wrap things up, <laughs> You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Richard Porter. Goodbye. Uh, with Zog. Goodbye. This is almost our last show for this year. Not quite. We're not going to do a Christmas show this year because. Frankly, Richard and I are both taking the whole of Christmas off, leaving poor Zog to make these shows on his own, which I don't think you're prepared I to do. I think I can't fill two pairs of shoes, I think. <laughs> Just before we go, I'm going to put up a show for you, which hopefully will give you enough satisfaction to keep you going for those three weeks, because in this show, we will have interviews with Duncan Tappy, top British racing driver, winner of Formula Renault 2007. Sam Bird, a man who's just about to make his name in GP2. Johnny Molam, the first man to put a hybrid car on a podium. Johnny Herbert, you might have heard of him. And Chloe and Amelia Herbert, his daughters. Along with Anthony Davidson and Ricardo Patrese. I've got interviews with all those guys waiting to go because Zog and I took part in the Johnny Herbert Karting Challenge earlier today and we recorded a whole show from that. That's what's going to last you over Christmas and New Year. You're going to love it. And I hope you'll love this too. We're going to play out a piece of music, something I've written in the style of my favourite Icelandic singer, Björk. This is my friend Anna-Marie Borg, who I've renamed Anna-Marie Björg. <laughs> a song about a car which I think would suit the dreadful weather we've been <clears throat> enjoying at the moment. It's so wet out there you need a car which can go in water. So this is a song called Amphibious. See you guys.
bring freedom But I can't find a transport mechanism That will work on both land and sea effectively To be amphibious will be tremendous Something to assist us The sea would not resist us Amphibious 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 Everywhere I look Top In a car that can be driven on land and driven on water I don't know if such a thing is possible without compromises Compromises Uh, first of all I'd like to thank everyone who has helped to make the inaugural St Cuthbert's Primary School charity carding event such a success and a hearty congratulations to all the pupils who competed out on the track all in the name of a very very good cause 
And most of all, a well done to our top three drivers of the day. Uh, in third, Mark Kennedy from year five. Well done, Mark. In second place, Noah Jennings from year four. Great job there, Noah. And in first place, a very big well done to uh, Michael Schumacher from Germany. In your face, losers! To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Bang. <laughs>